Well, after a, a frigid, freezing loss last week, DC United traveled to the warmer weather of uh, Toronto, uh, seeking to get back on track and, and fall a little bit short. I'm Joshua Morgan. This is Sam Kazer, and you're listening to Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Sam, not what we were looking for in uh, what could have been a bounce back week for DC United. Yeah, I think um, falling a little short is a little bit generous for how we played today. Um, it's I, a 2-1 loss, but yeah, we'll get we into... We did not have a great second half. I thought our first half was a lot better. Um, but yeah, disappointing. I think at least a point would have been what we wanted to get out of Toronto. Obviously, a road loss is not the end of the world, especially this early into the season. But um, not a whole lot of positives I'm taking from this game, I'll say. Um, yeah, no. It, it, it could have been something for DC United, but uh, it didn't look. And the first 10 minutes were outstanding. Yeah, they definitely were. They were a lot of fun um, to watch. Obviously, we get that really early goal. Um, I don't know. And then it, it kind of falls from there. Obviously, we get scored on twice more. And again, I thought the second half was not that strong. Um, I'll be interested to hear um, what coach Ernan Lasada has to say we'll be bringing you the post-game press conference here pretty soon whenever they get started um I'll also be interested to see which players come in um and also talk about this loss in Toronto you know I think that's always really telling about the leaders and on the team especially after an away loss um you know we we kind of gauged when Jafal was a part of the pre-game presser that he was going to be starting and he did and um you know I saw a lot of people really high on him on Twitter um, I don't necessarily disagree, although I kind of was a little harsh on him just within our living room um, for that first goal. Um, so I doubt we'll we'll hear from him, but it will be interesting to see which players we do get a chance to hear from. As I'm I'm rambling a bit as Joshua gets the Zoom set up. Yeah, yeah, we're we're waiting for the the press conference to start here, and uh, yeah, I, I I'm just overhearing some of the things you're talking about, Sam. But uh, look, uh. It could have been. I, I don't think it was as bad as everyone is, is talking about. I was down on the way DC United was playing earlier in the year, and it, it, nothing's changed for me. So I, maybe that's why I'm not as disappointed. But but yeah. So I mean, isn't that a disappointment that we haven't improved though? Well, <laughs> like, I, I just you know I, I've been saying this since since week one when DC United you know got lucky essentially uh, against some other teams, but that that aren't very good in, in Toronto are, are not very good we beat this team 7-1 last year and then 3-1 again uh so yeah and, and they're on the up and up they got their coach and Bob Bradley who will surely write the ship he, he's a proven MLS coach and, and knows how to work this league uh and, and there are some exciting prospects on that team uh but it's still early season for them so we should have been handling business here and yeah, I, I think we scored our best goal in this game in the tenth minute that I talked about. You know, DC United was pressing a little bit and and looking to you know to attack, but then they, yeah, they get the goal uh, actually after a great you know header from Russell Canals, and then uh, it seemed to be slanted a little bit against them for the rest of the game. Toronto didn't outshoot them uh, at least from the latest stats that I saw, uh, and it didn't look like they had too many better chances than DC United, but they, they put away the ones that they got and, and came out on top. Yeah, I thought the Toronto's game management was really well, too. Like, they really knew when to take the yellow, the professional yellow. They knew when to, you know, make that foul. Um, I think they got a little lucky on a couple red cards. It feels like DC United should have been up at least once or twice, um, which is obviously frustrating as a DC United fan, but you can't depend on those moments. You have to also be able to get the job done um outside of those and 
we just couldn't do it tonight, which is disappointing. But again, a road a road loss is is not the end of the world. Um, but would have liked to have seen something a little bit different. Yeah, we're still waiting on the uh, the first man up to the chair. Should be around Lanzada here shortly. Um, but but yeah, it, it is it is kind of frustrating the way the game went. It is kind of frustrating the way the team's at right now. Uh, we talked about extensively Flores already this season. We talked about extensively about the lack of depth, uh, as you see later in the 90th minute. Uh, DC and I do a weird reshuffle, and Steve Burbaum ends up up, up top as a striker with Alfaro coming on for Gressel. Uh, who had a so-so game, but uh, you, you kind of want Gressel's service there in the 90th minute to Steve Burbaum as the striker. Uh, but, you know, uh, Lasada made the call and, and felt he did what he had to do. Uh, I, I was holding out, Sam. You had you had already sent the tweets, uh, come commiserate with us in the 85th minute. There was about 10 minutes left, 11 minutes of game left to play, but uh, it looks like you were right. They DC United didn't prove you wrong there, and and we probably still would have been, you know, commiserating a little bit just off the the way we played, especially in comparison to last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I would have happily eaten my words at that one. Mostly, I wanted to get the tweet out with enough time for people to comment. Um, if they weren't able to join us live to, to give us their opinions. And, you know, I, I see that some people are. And, you know, we're at that favorite part of my show where we're just kind of trying to stall until the press conference yeah, starts. Um, so Sam we'll will eventually give into that and start a whole spiel, well thought out, you know, speech almost. Exactly. And give then enough time. will start talking <laughs> uh, immediately um, as soon as you get to your point. Exactly. But, yeah, so we, so we will get into the gameplay and uh, more specifics uh, once the press conference is over and we have time to mull over. Um, what coach and some of the players have to say but um, you know I just want to touch on some comments that we have been getting so far because um, they are pretty relevant to what we've been talking about Um, but yeah essentially Gressel back to his pretty awful form um, and that we're really seeing the loss of Areola and Paredes and that's coming from um, Chris Webb here on the YouTube chat but then we also have um, James Lambert and then John Lee um, who is not obviously not able to join us today Um, but basically saying that you know during the off season, we didn't really make any moves to make this team better. It actually got actively worse, and that's what we're seeing on the field in these past several games. So, what do you think of that? Yeah, and again, we talked about it in our season preview, and in, you know, a couple of the games already this season. But yeah, DC United's hands were forced on, on those two big moves that uh, I can't remember the name, but uh, the Chris Webb. Yeah, Chris Webb uh, pointed out. Uh, I did have Chris in the mind. <laughs> I just didn't want to guess and, and get it wrong. But thanks, Chris, for that. Uh, I, I think. DC United were forced to sell them, right? And and kind of probably not in their whole plan of when to sell them. Uh, the $7 million, you can't say no, especially, you know, the way things work today. Paredes probably got word of that, and it's to the German league, so you can't you can't say no to that. And then Areola is doing what he has feels like he has to do to get into the World Cup um, yeah, roster. I, d- so I don't know if anyone's, like, blaming DC United for letting them go, but we didn't really then bring anyone in well, to replace. <laughs> I mean, we brought in quote-unquote replacements, and... Um, you know, Brad Smith has actually been playing pretty well for DC United, I think, but yeah. it was a net negative. Well, I'm just saying when, you, when those things happen, you're forced to make the, the overpay or unless you are just like a stack team with a quick trigger on, on DPs, which DC United has never been right. And they probably won't be for, for at least in the foreseeable future. Uh, so, so when you're forced into these moves and, and you don't have a docket lined up for, for, to go like, uh, you kind of just land in this area now where we are like hoping taxi can get here sooner. And, and that's the, obviously the replacement for an aerial, a level player. 
uh, and then we we overpaid for Brad Smith, uh, and he's like Sam said, he he's been doing a fine job with the Paredes, uh, kind of filling in. And Paredes didn't play a ton of minutes though for DC United last year. He, he was on the field a lot, uh, but he didn't play start to finish a lot uh, in his career. So. I don't know if those two things are big enough losses to justify what we're at now. I think what what had needed to happen was DC United really need to take a step forward, and, and what actually happened is they were forced to kind of take, take a couple steps back. Uh, and it's unfortunate, and looks like, I mean, uh, reports out of Austria and everywhere that Taxi kind of forced his way out uh, uh, and over to DC United already. There's rumors that he was on a flight, uh, I think, Friday, so... Who, who knows? He could yeah. be in town right now getting his medical and, and ready to fill in that other hole that, that uh, Chris talked about with uh, Areola. DC United with some pretty cryptic tweets, <laughs> I think, gleaning in, doing a little soft launch. Yeah, I didn't see those specifically. Home. but uh, There was a video of just like feet getting out of a car door. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, was it a red and silver car like the, the taxis here in, <laughs> in D.C. or no? No, I think it was a silver car. Um, uh, it's got to be Audi. But, you know, we're talking about DPs. Again, I don't want to get too far into it, but there's an obvious name that does not come up as someone who's showing up for D.C. United right now, and that is Mr. Edison Flores. Yeah, and it, it's just frustrating. At, and there was a point in today's game, and I really try not to be, like, vocal when I'm when I'm negative, but, you know, I have a podcast, so I have to give it, you know, <laughs> both sides. Uh, but there was a point in today's game where I looked up everyone who's worn the number 10 for D.C. United, and, and I think Flores is amongst the worst. There's not a lot. Uh, I mean, at the beginning, it, it's <laughs> it starts with Echeverry, so it, it's a pretty high bar. Uh, you could argue uh, whether Lucho was great for this team or not all day, but he was at least efficient sometimes. Uh, uh, we have seen no efficiency, basically, from, from Flores. And uh, he didn't have a terrible game today. He, he missed some chances, and the ball got stuck at his feet quite a lot. Uh, but when, when the other 10 from the other team is, is scoring the goals and picking your pocket, too, uh, it really kind of just like demoralized uh, <laughs> after I was done looking up whether – Flores was the worst end, and he does have some competition. There's some some misses there uh, for DC United in history, but uh, I pulled up the you know the, the thought mob ratings for the team and, and the midfield for midfield players for Toronto were just having a day. I mean they they have Bradley Osorio, Pozzello. They have a that new winger that that, that showed pretty well today. Uh, so <laughs> it's kind of frustrating, and and midfield has been a a weakness for us all season. Uh, as we've had guys coming in and coming out and I mentioned his goal but it was so great to have Russell Knauss back and I think Jafal did a decent job uh, alongside him but still still not enough creativity and kind of just domination by DC United yeah you know I'm in in a group chat and someone said if I began to boo every time that Edison Flores touches the ball at home would you guys hate me and no one said no (laughs) like and a lot of just a lot of comments on Twitter too about like he it just kind of dies at his feet, you know, we're not seeing, and, you know, he's had, he had a really good um, international spell on the break right before the season started, so everyone was really expecting him to come back, you know, I think it's been unfortunate he's had some injuries, you can't necessarily fault him for that, um, so I think people go into watching him with that negative mindset, and I just want to kind of be mindful of that and make sure that, you know, we're not being too hard on him, but his play over these last four games, I don't think that we are. Like, I think that he really just isn't showing up in the way that we need him to. And again, the, the play dies at his feet. You know, he's not able to get the ball in um, pretty much right on cue. I think Hernan Lasada is sitting down and we're going to throw it over to the postgame press conference. 
right, let's go straight into questions. Steve, I'll ask you to unmute. Yeah, not. Thanks for your time. Uh, overall, your thoughts after uh, taking the early lead and, and showing a lot of promise, um, where do you think th things turned for, uh, for your team? I don't know. I don't have too many comments. I really need to analyze the game once again. My first thought um, was that we did a very good first half, that we were the better team with the better opportunities, that we forced a lot of turnovers, that our pressing was by moments excellent. So I, I was very pleased with the first half. Um, and unfortunately, when it, the game was really under control and we had our momentum, and probably we were closer to the 0-2 than to the equalizer, uh, a set-piece moment, a corner kick, and unfortunately, they score a goal and we go to the halftime with a draw instead of a, a lead. The second half was, was different. Um, I think we needed to be a lot more patient on the ball. The moments we could circulate the ball from side to side, and Julian and Brad got a lot of crossing moments. Um, but well, in a transition moment, they, they scored the 2-1. The and there was a little bit uh, all of nothing. We push Birbaum as a nine. Uh, we end up playing with Griffin Yao, with Cudi Pietro, which I'm very glad for both players because uh, being this young, um, they brought a lot of energy to the team. And well, unfortunately, we need to go back without points. I think uh, we didn't deserve to, to lose. And I don't know if Toronto deserved it to to take all the three points, but it is what it is. And now we have uh, two weeks to move forward and to prepare the next year. Did you um, did you get a good look at that um, that boot to the forehead of Canals and, and whether you thought it deserved more than more than a yellow yellow card? No, no idea. It was too far for me. Um, I, I what I what I. What I saw is that was a great counter for us, and the game is stopped because of Thanks for not. Jason, you want to go next? Uh, Ernan, uh, thanks for speaking with us. Um, I just, in, in watching the game play out, it seemed like Toronto packed their central midfield, it seemed like they had four players there. And you had to go around with the wingbacks a lot. Was that by design or was that more of a, we kind of have to play around them because they've got that overload? No, that's most of the time our style of play. I mean, they start the game with a back three, with three real center backs, uh, a little bit of a copy paste of our formation. Um, but when you see that Pozuelo was the player who needed to uh, give some support on our left side, the amount of balls that uh, Brad Smith and Edison Flores got on the left side, and we couldn't take enough profit of those moments. Um, well, I, I think that's 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 unlucky and and, and it's a pity. Uh, but yeah, we know the role of Pozuelo, a free role. 
well, each each team in this league has has qualities. But to be honest with you, um, the goal from minute one was was to press them, to force them to make turnovers, to to play vertical, to go fully for the victory. After 30 seconds, Ola Kamara needs to score, uh, and we created enough opportunities for at least go back to the sea with one point. So that's why I'm a little bit upset, and I'm very happy with the first half and. Less happy with the second half. Hola Hernán, ah, solo quería preguntar, ¿la, fe, ¿la fecha FIFA viene en un momento oportuno para ustedes? ¿Y en qué cosas quiere, que se busca mejorar ya con dos, seman, con dos semanas libres? No sé si viene en un momento bueno o malo, es el calendario es así, no tengo ningún problema. Eh, Edison, Flores y Estrada tienen que jugar partidos con sus selecciones y con el resto podemos trabajar así que no, hay tiempo para mejorar eh, en todos los aspectos Hernán, um Do you see some changes coming or, or some opportunity now? It looks like Taxi is, is coming in. He, he's, he just has to wait for the visa. But uh, do you see your attack perhaps beginning to evolve as, um, um, as an important player arrives? Of course, we all would be glad with the, with the early come of, uh, of one of our DPs. I don't know how long that will take, but the sooner the better, and he will be welcome uh, to give us more opportunities and more choices uh, on the offensive part. Good. Thanks. That's it, Hernan. Thank you. Okay. All right, that was DC United's head coach, Hernan Lasada, um, right after this 2-1 loss at Toronto. I thought that was a really interesting press conference. He kind of came with very low energy, and at the very beginning, he almost seemed at a loss for answers. And I think he he got there a little bit as the press conference went on, but I was I was pretty shocked by the answers he was giving. It was a particularly frustrating game for him, and and I, I think Lasada really takes to heart the chances that the team creates underneath his system. Because if we take back, take a step back, he came to this team that was. They're playing terribly, right, and underperforming what they should be, even with a bad roster. And he came to this team, and he got them to perform above expectations. Uh, and saw we saw some glimmers from from players that you know uh, we didn't expect to, right? He he unlocked. Uh, he got Perez, Adrian Perez, looking great, and we haven't really seen much of him this year. But uh, stuff like that, and so I think. Uh, that's what he really, you know, prides himself on, and I, I think it's great. Uh, I think, you know, when he says, "Oh, I, I need," you know, when he demands better players, it's because he wants the players to to come in and fully realize the system and the cr chances that he creates. If you look at at Ola Kamara's game today, it, it wasn't spectacular, uh, and Edison Floor is the same. They're, they're the second and third highest expected goals out of all the players on the field today, and and they didn't score, and they didn't wasn't really even close for either of them. Uh, and so he talked extensively about, you know, we created chances on the left side. We had, we should have gone up to, uh, we shouldn't have given up the goal before half. Uh, and so, yeah, I think 
I think he has a little bit to be frustrated about because there the the system does create the chances, uh, especially when you you know the other team is adapting to you, like he said. Yeah, I mean, we we kind of didn't in the second half though. Like I, I agree that our first half looked really good, but you can't rely on the chances within the first thirty seconds to carry you throughout an away game. And I'm not saying that's necessarily exactly what he said, but he did recall that opportunity within the first 30 seconds and say, you know, if we put that away, it's a different game. In addition to Russell's header, obviously that's true, right? Being up by two is better than being up by one. But, you know, he didn't really have answers for where we fell within the second half. And like, you you know, you have to respect that he also needs time to watch the tape back and process and see where um, that breakdown came. But I mean, I wish he'd come in and said, like, you know, in this position we need to do better, in that position we need to do better. Like, the answer of, you know, Toronto just kind of outplaying us and us not taking our chances, like, that leaves a little to be desired for me. I I think it's kind of early in the season to start, uh, especially as the transfer window is closing, you know, to to start uh, saying that we're not good in certain positions. Uh, I, I think... Yeah, we, we could have been better at the nine, and Flores could have been better as well, but it's early for you know any coach to start throwing players underneath the bus like that, uh, especially with, with you know a change maybe on the onset or, or maybe you know maybe he has an ace up the sleeve that uh, we, we all kind of know about, but it, maybe things will change quickly with that. So, yeah, I, I understand his frustration and, and, and your frustration as well, but um, – yeah, maybe there's something to to evolve, as as Goff said. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, there are obviously taxi coming in. There are rumors that uh, Chris Durkin might be lurking on the horizon and maybe coming back in. So, you know, maybe we say this all the time. Everyone within MLS says this all the time, that you don't need to really be good in the first part of the season. You know, that's really the time to learn and bring all the players in and to mold into a player, a team that, all right, looks like we're heading over to Russell. Is that Russell? Russell? We'll kick this straight off. We'll go to Steve Goff. Hey, Russ. Thanks for your time. Hey, Steve. What were you, what were your thoughts on uh, the way the game unfolded after a, a very bright start for uh, for DC? Yeah, it's uh, it's very frustrating the way the game played out. Um, I thought we had a great start, great mentality to start the game. Um, we had some chances, gave up some chances, were able to survive going half halftime 1-1. Um, we came out to to win win the second half and go go away with three points here. So the fact that we come out with nothing is uh, super disappointing. And what? Uh, how did you feel getting in there? Um, was there any uh, any rust on your part? Um, seemed like you got off to a good start scoring the goal, but what, what was your what was your personal feeling out there? Yeah, it's always nice to be able to contribute to the team. Obviously, I scored, scored the goal, but would have been much better. Um, would have rather had left here with some points rather than scoring, to be honest. Um, overall, you know, was able to get a solid 90 minutes in, and and uh, hopefully it's something I can build on going into, into uh, next weekend. We don't have a game, obviously, but build throughout the week and then uh, for the home game against uh, at, at, at Audi Field against Atlanta. And then last uh, last quick one, uh, you, you took a boot to the to the forehead uh, yeah. there. What uh, what did that feel like? And, and did you feel like uh, more than a yellow card was deserved? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see the replay yet, but it was definitely high. It definitely uh, definitely got me up top here. Definitely uh, a bump there. Um, I think anytime a cleat goes up that high, 
and you hit the guy. Obviously, I'm not someone who's going to fake it either, too. Uh, he definitely got me. Um, so, you know, when I see the replay, obviously, you guys saw the play. I'm thinking it can be definitely, definitely more than yellow. It's a dangerous play played by him. Thanks. Thanks, Russ. We'll go to Jason Anderson now. Hi, Russ. Uh, thanks for speaking with us. Um, yeah. I know, you know, watching these three games that you were still coming back from the injury, um, you've had a lot of time to sort of internalize how the group looks now with these new players. Um, getting in there, um, being a part of it for the first time, how much progress do you think the group has made from week one to this point? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it takes always a couple of games to get into the season. Um, <clears throat> We're still finding our form, finding our relationships with new guys into the team. Um, you know, I think at times you can see see what we want to do from a in possession standpoint, and then out of possession, very high intense pressing. Um, you know, at times it's not clicking still. Uh, you know, it breaks down in the final third. Sometimes defensively, we're a little bit unorganized still. Um, but I think we're, we, you know, there's positives we can take from this game, even though. It's a very disappointing result. Uh, frustrating to to leave with nothing here. Great, thanks for us. Russ, you're good to go, man. Okay. Thank you. See you guys. A uh, very diplomatic press conference answers from Russell Knauss there. Um, you know, I always a team player, right? You love hearing him, and I think this is very in character saying that he'd rather get the three points than the goal. Um, you know, answering some questions about that potential red card, but pretty much to be expected from DC United's Russell Canales. Yeah, and I, and uh, we're over here juggling the act, running the show by himself. <laughs> as, as, uh, but I would have loved to ask him about his, his partnership with Jafal. I know uh, our, our friends on Twitter were having a mini freak out about how well he's been playing, but. Uh, yeah, through the first four games, it's been uh, quite the revolving door for, for D.C. United in the midfield, so it's great to have Russell back. Uh, what, what do we have? Skundrick, Nyman, uh, Jafal now, <laughs> and Canals. It seems like a crazy just for those two positions uh, in D.C. United's lineup. Um, but, yeah, the, we'll see if the committee, the dis disciplinary committee, has something to say about Puzzleo's challenge, so they can go in and act change. Obviously, it would have helped DC United massively to to get the call right during the play. I, I think that's dangerous as well. And, and you know, Russell Canales wasn't claiming that it. He, he, yeah, as you said, he was very diplomatic in saying, <laughs> "I think that's a little bit more of a yellow card." Instead of saying, "Yeah, it should have been a red card," but I, I think all of us watching would uh, have would have pulled out the red for that one. Uh, but yeah, it, it's great to have Russell back, and yeah, we would have. It was a great goal, and I and I tweeted out that I, I thought it was the best goal for DC United this season so far. Uh, it's a great cross from Roberta. Canals is probably the best job of any of our strikers today at, at getting the space in the box, uh, save for one little clip that Matt Doyle found uh, on uh, Kamara. But yeah, it, it was great to see Russell out there again, and hopefully, you know, this is this is the last time we're, we're saying that. Uh, hopefully, he's staying in there for a while now. Yeah, absolutely. it was a beautiful header. I mean, it, it was a great run in. It, it was a beautiful header in. You almost, you know, as a DC United fan, you don't expect us to go up at the very beginning of the game. So we, we both kind of paused here like, did that put in the back of the net? And it totally did. And um, it was really great. It never felt like it was going to be a one nothing game. Um, but I, I thought Russell just played very well. I thought he was obviously very happy to be back on the field. Um, you know, lucky it's just a bump and not, you know, 
anything worse. I think if if his skin had split and you know he'd been gushing blood as head injuries typically do I think that the ref probably would have taken that second look and you love to see you know Birnbaum was in his ear chirping and you know making sure that his players were being protected but I just I mean I thought that was absurd yeah and, and Lozada was kind of uh, also kind of diplomatic, diplomatic about, it, about yeah. it I think the camera cut to him and he was saying a lot more than he said to us just now <laughs> but uh, that's kind of, you know, the job and, and being professional about it. And, and like I said, if the disciplinary committee takes a look at it, they might have something to say, uh, or it might, it might be too late, but, uh, yeah. I mean, while we're on red cards, it feels worth, you know, there was another little shout. I mean, there were a couple other little shouts, you know, um, Pudsuelo probably could have had a second yellow. We thought he did <laughs> based on a couple of the calls. Uh, he probably could have had a second yellow, but I'll say there was another one. There was a little bit of a denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, which is silly because it, it happened in the midfield circle, and I think that's probably why that red card wasn't shown. Um, but I think it was Kamara, right, who got the touch and was pretty much off to the races but got a little hip check, and I don't even think it was a foul. I mean, if it was a foul, it would have had to have been a red, but um, there was an, another little shout I saw people chirping about on Twitter. So what did you think about that one? I don't have any idea what you're talking about, Sam. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought you were talking about the Kudu Pichiro one uh, where he was charging in and then gets like hit the hip. And then people were shouting a little bit for that. We actually did get the yellow for that one. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I didn't see the play you're talking about, Sam. <laughs> don't remember when in the game it was. But yeah, I mean, there were it was it was a rough game. And again, also, Toronto. Also, I have no idea what you're talking about with Kamara and off to the races. I've, I've never seen him <laughs> win a foot race. It might not have been Kamara, <laughs> but it, it was someone in the midfield. Um yeah, uh, that was more of a general comment on Kamara's speed and, and <laughs> instead of your your analysis. But uh, what are you reading from the chat, Sam? You know, in the chat, um, both uh, Mark and EM are uh, both on Twitter or on, excuse me, YouTube saying that, you know, there's no reason VAR shouldn't have taken a look at that Russell play. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, again, I, I guess they didn't see anything. Uh, we'll see what the committee does. But I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's frustrating, and, and the committee can't do anything about the 20 minutes that DC United probably should have been up a, a man, and we're only chasing one goal to equalize. But uh, bygones are bygones. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, again, you can't rely on those moments. Obviously, it really helps going up a man. Um, you see that all the time, but those are not the things you need to rely upon. Um, and there was a whole lot of other things that went wrong during that game, so... You know, I think we've covered that first goal pretty well. Um, but if we want to move into the two that DC United conceded, um, the first one in the first half off a corner, and I, I was pretty hard on Jafal. I think his positioning was pretty poor on that one. Um, I mean, he was in front of his man, and even if he had gotten a touch to that ball, it would have been an own goal. I thought he should have been more goal side of his man. Um, he didn't really know what was happening behind him, but I think. You know, I think he played well for the rest of the game. I don't want people coming at me because there's a lot of Jafal love right now. Like, rightfully so. He's been playing phenomenally for DC United. But I think that he could have gotten done a lot better um, for that goal. But obviously, there was a lot more that led up to it. Yeah, I think he's done a great job for DC United, especially considering he's a super draft guy. It, this was like his first uh, or second start uh, in MLS. Uh, so uh, props to him. And, and yeah, I don't know why he's marking... Uh, <laughs> anyone in the box especially I, I think on the replay i saw that both nahar and Burmam were marking the the near post man who does eventually win the ball so both of them lost uh leaving jafal kind of out in the open uh against yeah it was Pozuelo with the first goal right yeah uh, so so the most dangerous player on the field and we we threw up our our college kid to, to mark him on the corner 
Uh, DC United have been pretty bad from set pieces overall, I think, this year. Uh, they they don't seem to, to, to push up, really. We haven't seen... Uh, maybe we're just missing Donovan Pines. I don't know. I haven't seen any great, you know, headers and stuff from, from the center backs to Birnbaum or Heinzeich. Especially, don't, I don't expect Andy Nahar to be, you know, hopping up in there. Uh, so you're, you're talking about defensively? Because I think everything you could said could also be applied to offensively. I, like I was talking about I was talking pieces. about offensively. But, okay. yeah, we, we have been <laughs> terrible defensively, as you can see from the goal that we conceded uh, from it today. But, yeah, we, I, I don't think we've been pressing. And we keep trying these little routines. And uh, as fun as it is to hear Dave say, right off the training ground or whatever <laughs> uh, that he's been saying, that they, they haven't been really working. Uh, and... I don't know. I feel like we could just have done better with getting the ball in the box today, especially against uh, a Toronto defense that isn't profound in any way. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll let you, I'm going to talk about Russell for a minute. So I'll let you think about your comebacks, but um, I think he had a really good first half but his second half. I mean, his crosses were all over the place and he, he's such a hot and cold player for DC United. And, you know, I just thought, I mean, it, w- it wasn't even about like not sending the ball into the box where it should have been in the box. It was just like, balls going way over and way out and you know that's also pretty frustrating especially considering what you were saying earlier about how or not like really prides this team on the uh, chances that they're able to create yeah I, I think I, I might have to rewatch this and, and look specifically at it because I, I remember in the first you know the first two minutes look was great for us or the first 30 seconds was great for us the 10th minute goal but uh, Toronto were really pushing up through 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 their their left hand side through Russell because he was so high uh, and Ernan mentioned how many chances the left side created. So there might have been a focus there of like, hey, this they're, they're particularly going after Gressel because he's so high. So maybe they asked him to take a step back and, and cross him further away. And he clearly was not comfortable with the crosses that he was taking. They were often high and out of bounds. So, so 0 for 2 there. Yeah. Um, generous. <laughs> generous take on that one. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know if it was like. I don't know. Uh, Toronto were absolutely exposing the the pressing of that. that You're right. I don't know that in the second half he was necessarily like, I think he had the ball in the space to move forward. I mean, maybe he was asked to take a step back, but I think he could have also chosen his moments to push forward in the way that he knows that he needs to in order to put those quality crosses in. Sure. But uh, again, I don't think it was a great game from Kamara. So so he wasn't hitting crosses into anyone else. And I think the wingbacks are supposed to be secondary efforts. Uh, in the system you have to have the inside forwards pressing in and doing stuff in, in order to have those wingbacks one space because if the inside wingers of, of Flores and Roberta who I thought was pretty decent today but maybe there was an injury or something that he couldn't keep going but if they're not making dangerous runs inside or good on the ball like like they should be then it is, the defenders aren't going to respect them and they're going to fill the space and not allow you know Brad Smith and Julian Russell to really create, and and they did still did uh, get some crosses in there, and, and some of them weren't as good as as you would like. But uh, I I think the frustration, uh, especially with Russell, uh, he should be not the first or second or third best player on the, on this team that has uh, a DP or or two now maybe in in the in the midst and you know strikers that we bought for millions of dollars. Uh, uh, on the field at the same time so I mean, he also has a hefty salary that we you know bought down with special mls rules he's a tam player so uh, generally on our team that's a big deal but <laughs> uh sporting kansas city had like 12 tam players this season before so uh, a couple of seasons ago so like 
yeah, he, he's a big money for us, but that's that's part of the money that is given out now. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I was not saying that it was all Russell's fault in this game, um, but you know, I did want to go back to something that you had touched on is that you know they were attacking a lot on the left side, down the left side of the field, and that's what led to the second goal. Um, you know, they attacked down the left side, crossed it in, and um, I saw a lot of mixed reviews on Twitter for this one. You know, it, it gets crossed in, and from my point of view, you know, I really placed that blame on Smith on the other side. You know, he was running pretty central in, and um, we just had a, a wide open person at the back post who was able to put that ball in. Um, there was some blame on Twitter going towards Hamid in that one. Um, I think that the momentum of coming across the bo- across his line in the way that that cross came in, you know, he was moving backwards already and it looked like it kind of hit his chest as he was falling backwards into the goal. Um, you know, I think that he was, you know, trying to line up for that shot, but the way that he had to quickly move across the goal line, you know, the physically, I don't know what else he could have done in that situation. So for me, it's, it's very much on the defense for not picking up that mark, but Joshua, I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. I, I think Bill could have been better there. And again, this is just like our typical Bill Hamid is normally great for DC United. And especially so far this season, he, I think, through the first two games, he might have been one of the best players in the last Tonight, too. He had a lot of really big saves for us. He was decent tonight. I think he made some small errors, and I think there, there is some technique that could have been better, uh, a technique where he could have you know, followed that cross across the goal and, and come to the, the far post, you know, inside, not inside of the goal, uh, and, and done better there. But, yeah, I, I put most of the blame on Brad Smith because, uh, I mean, Sam, you were watching the game with me. I was like, oh, th- this is good because I saw the way that Osorio was making the run and the way Brad Smith was not running to, to, to track him. And then, of course, the ball is, is a great ball, uh, gets around Smith, and Osorio is there to, to, to bury it. And, and it was a props to them. And just, again, a testament to the players that they had on the field in the midfield that were making runs uh, like that that DC United didn't really have. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But we had we had a half hour to figure it out and to try to come back from it, and we just didn't really – um, and I want to take a moment to just talk about Griffin Yao because he, to me, was only the only consistent bright spot in those last 30 minutes. I mean, he was really balling out. He had the creativity. You know, he was really pushing the envelope. I, I think, yeah, I, I think some people will, will learn to love uh, Griffin Yao, and, and I'm sure some of you guys already do. And so uh, no, nothing against that. I, I think he's a fun player to throw on. He's great off the bench for D.C. United. Uh I don't know if he has the technical and physical attributes right now to uh, to really make a difference, uh, but he goes in there and he hustles and, and tries things, and, and, and it's a problem for defenders. And so he deserves all the credit for that. He's still young, so he can grow technically and physically, uh, but put as much as I want him to do well, he's, he's not quite there yet. I don't think he, he's not going to come on and grab you a goal. He almost did. <laughs> Got a little nutmeg in the box there. And I mean, the shot left a little to be desired. Obviously it was saved pretty easily, but he was putting himself in those positions and creating chances for DC United or creating half chances. What? I mean, that was kind of my point is that he, he will hustle and try things, but he doesn't have the technical <laughs> ability to, to finish them off and really make a difference off the bench. Well, to really score the goals off the bench that, that DC United needed in this game. Yeah, you know, we have a comment from Mark in the chat here saying Griffin was our best player um, these first uh, during the first two matches of the year. Um, you know, going back a little bit to we were talking about um, Bill Hamid, Greg at 21, Olsen said interesting stat coming up on the ESPN Plus 
slash TSM broadcast that Hamid was leading MLS in saves going into today's game. And then he says, probably says more about DC United's defensive system. So, you know, I think this is a system and, you know, we've heard this from Lasada himself that, you know, we're going to absorb the chances. We also need to put the chances away though. And I, that, that goes back to what you were saying at the beginning of the broadcast and, you know, what we had heard from Hernan Lasada is that he looks more at the chances that we missed versus the opportunities that we gave away in games like this. Yeah, I mean, any, any guy, any coach that doesn't prefer possession is going to have to soak up, you know, hopefully, you know, no, not hopefully, but just logically, if the other team has the ball a lot, they should be doing something with, something with it and trying to get to the shots. That the, the the job there is to limit the, the the quality of those chances and try to lower that that xg uh, on those chances that they get through possession. But yeah, I, I think it came down to it. And I know we're all frustrated because we, we just lost. And, and even in our two wins to start the season, we, we didn't look too great. Uh, but it, it could have gone a completely different way today. Uh, had DC United taken the advantage or, you know, taken the opportunities they got early in the game uh, and then been better on the set pieces and, and tried a little bit harder on that last goal. So unless you have anything else to talk about during this game, I think we've gone over it pretty comprehensively. Um, I wonder what your thoughts are just at the beginning of the season. And we've talked a lot about this through our, you know, first three shows, but you know, now we're four games in, um, we've got two wins, two losses. Um, we just lost, we just gave Toronto their first win. So what do you think? And, but, but now we have an international break, right? Our next game isn't until April 1st and that's at home against Atlanta. So what do you think? you know, this first little stretch of MLS season has meant for DC United and, you know, what do you see moving forward? Yeah, I, I think what was after the first game or the second game, I was like, please just like, don't try to read into this too much. And, and we're still probably in that area where teams are, are figuring out this, this game felt very early season to me. Uh, we're, we're both teams, you know, we had a sub a guy in the 70th minute because he either couldn't go or, or, or something like that. Uh, so it felt really early season for me, and I think it still kind of is. I, I think this window, DC United, we're always looking at it as a chance to to maybe rest up and, and, and get players, you know, raring to go. Uh, now, especially with the, the transfer, the pending transfer of, of Fontas, Taxi Fontas, I, I think things could change for DC United, but I, I think there's just too much of a lack of cohesion within the quality in the squad. And, and so I think Taxi will elevate this team some. Uh, he has the pedigree for it. Uh, but, you know, the last guy that came here with the pedigree, uh, we, we currently are, are hoping doesn't start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? So 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 those are always an unknown and and it's tough and and i can see i can see it all working uh, again i i believe in lasada's system i i think he's got the the mind for it and i think lucy rushton and, and that front office is, is working on making the team better but i think they really just missed their chance this off season and and they're gonna be paying the price for it all season there's just isn't enough time and money uh in the dc united pockets to to make enough difference on the season now yeah I'm I'm glad we had that first half of today's game in before the international break I thought it was probably our best half of the season so far um there were a lot of opportunities especially at the beginning of that half that um again we can't rely on the first 30 second having two opportunities in the first 30 seconds or one opportunity but you know, I think that it was really promising that we came out in the front foot away from home. And, you know, we do have a lot to build off of. So 
definitely the team will go back and look at the tape, probably not just of this game, but of the first four games overall during this break and really get into where um, did they fall short, you know, defensively, where are, you know, those secondary runs or um, just things we can do better offensively to make sure that we're getting those opportunities and putting them in the back of the net Um, and hopefully coming up big against Atlanta, who we love beating at home. Yeah, it, it we'll see uh, as you know the the offseason. We're we're all probably going to be focused on this last window of World Club qualifiers, uh, and and I think uh, our guy that we keep mentioning, Flores, will will be out with his team. So uh, maybe he regains a bit of form, and and we have two guys raring to go uh, behind the striker here very soon. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else you wanted to to add about this game or moving I, forward? I think I'm ready for the man of the match. Oh shoot, I forgot. Yeah, we, we normally do it every show, Sam. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'll go first. Yeah, this one is, is kind of easy, and, and I'm kind of mad at myself because I keep going with the, the goal score, but really I don't think anyone else stood out. That Jafal had honorable mention, I guess, uh, but he also let in the goal uh, or you know lost his man marking on that corner. Uh, so, so I think it, it just has to be Russell Knauss, who uh, we dearly miss in the midfield, and, and he uh, comes up on the score sheet. Uh which is a rare occurrence, but it was a great goal. And um, I wish our forwards were making runs like that and being as clinical as he was there. So, yeah, props to Russell Knauss. He's back getting yellow cards uh, like he used <laughs> to and shutting stuff down in the midfield and, and also contributing on the on the scoreboard. So it's got to be my man of the match. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that one. Um, not not for even for the goal, but just I thought he was one of the better players on the field tonight. You know, he was on for all 90 minutes. I thought he did a lot of really important work in that midfield um he loves scoring in his first goal or first game of the season so that that is definitely you know contributing to it but I just thought he had one of those stronger performances I thought most of DC United's team was pretty lackluster I don't know if anyone had a outstandingly bad game outstandingly bad game but no one just really stepped up and I think that was the difference in today's game unfortunate but that's where we are all right. Anything else? Now I'll say anything else to add before we look across the DMV. Yeah, all three teams and and play this week or today. Today, yeah, and it was it was a nice little lineup of you know if you're watching live with us, Loudon played right before DC United played, um, and then about an hour Spirit are kicking off with the Challenge Cup. Um, so Loudon did get that win. They got a three nothing win over RB two, which you love to see. <laughs> um, unfortunately, DC United could not come up with the win today. Uh, but as I mentioned, Spirit open up at Orlando Pride today um, at 7 p.m. So hopefully they start their season well, reigning champs, Spirit. Um, excited to see that game, too. Yeah, and of that Loudon game, Kamari Smith and Jacob Green, you know, a recent draft pick and a recent uh, homegrown scoring. So that's always great to see, uh, especially since it seems like every game now, DC United is loaning people up and down. Uh, so so maybe they, they could continue the goal scoring with DC United soon. Uh, we'll see. And, yeah, we're, we're super excited for the the spirit now that they have the new ownership and then they get to defend the title. They're playing at Audi a bunch this year. They're also out there in uh, Loudoun if you're out that way. So, yeah, make sure you check them out. This game is away, uh, just mm-hmm. like all the games have been. So uh, we won't be able to see any of you guys there, but uh, for that next home game, we'll definitely have to be at. Definitely. All right, feels like we're wrapping up. Anything else? Looking forward to this World Cup qualifying. Hopefully we come back on April 2nd and we'll be 
hype because USMNT have qualified for the World Cup. Ooh, it's been a dark show. We don't need to talk about that too much. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we also have a, a new DP raring to go. Yes. So that'd be great. Love it. All the positivity heading into the next DC United home game. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks everyone for joining us live. And to those of us who are listening on your favorite podcatcher, um, we really appreciate all the support. Keep letting us know your thoughts on Twitter. Um, we love interacting and hearing from you all. We'll keep trying to bring you quality content. Um, but that's it for us today. Joshua Morgan and Sam Kasner here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. <laughs>